Hello, my friends. This is Brian Q. Davis broadcasting from the Sales Warrior Podcast, a conversation about dominating your marketplace without sacrificing your body, your marriage, your children, or your soul. And on today's very special episode, part one of two interviews with Coach Thomas DeLauer, where we'll talk about the topics of business, family, and inflammation. Sit back and relax, and let's get started. So, Coach, Coach Thomas DeLauer is joining me today. I call him Coach because he's been my coach. He's been my coach for the last four years, or six months. Um, Feels like four years. No, (laughs) Feels like four years, right? Uh, He's been my coach the last six months, but truth be told, he's actually my coach a a lot longer than that because I've been consuming his content online for years. Uh, if you if you don't know about Coach Thomas DeLauer, he uh, runs one of the most powerful and influential channels on, on YouTube. Uh, was one of the number one channels for health, nutrition, fat loss, with over nearly 1.4 million subscribers currently. Um, de- delivers tremendous value and is uh, a widely recognized expert in this field. Also been on the cover of a couple of, uh, a couple of magazines here or there. Um, and has been uh, been someone who's del- who's shown that they can deliver results. So, Coach, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, man. It's I know we've been trying for for quite a while, and our just schedules haven't lined up. So, it's not for not for a lack of effort. It's just been uh, getting our schedules working out. But I'm I'm happy to be doing this today. Yeah, well, I can tell you that from where I came from, um, part of my journey has was was really getting clear about the the fact that my body was a major block for me. I mean, I, where I found myself after seven, eight years of just constantly running the grind of chasing down the numbers in business, um, delivering results in sales, and sales, and, and a lot of times, you know, operating from a place of where lots of things were negotiable, uh, not the least of which was my body and my health. I found myself in a place of, uh, I guess, about, about 37, 38 pounds heavier than I am now, ashamed of my body, um, weak, and I, you know, and just, just, I guess the, the the final gut punch on this was when I went and got got uh, measured for a custom suit that I had won as part of uh, doing great in sales. And the tailor said, "Oh yeah, you know, you've got a you've got a pear shape, and we'll just tailor it to that." Needless to say, that was like one of the final gut punches, among a bunch of other things that said, "Hey, I've got to do something different." And so I started looking for ways to just eliminate. Um, well, you know what? I started looking for ways to, to eliminate that, but I really didn't have a path. And there was so much confusion out there that I really didn't know where to go. And so I figured out a few things on my own, but one of the things I found was your channel on YouTube. And there was just this wealth of information, but not only that, but it was also your story. And that was really inspiring to me to see what you had done. So would you be willing to just kind of give us some background on yourself and your story and kind of where you've come from and, and where you are today? Yeah, Totally. And my story is kind of interesting. It's really interesting. I started out when I was in high school. I, w- I was an athlete. I was an athlete in high school and college. And that's where things, people tend to tune out, right? Immediately they hear, oh, you were an athlete. You were just fit all your life. Well, the story gets a little bit more interesting after that. Similar to you, I got down the world of business. I was a sales guy myself. I was an executive recruiter and a physician recruiter for a very successful firm. And you know, we were rated by Hydrogen Struggles, one of the, the top healthcare search firms, and I was one of the leading producers within that firm. So at a young age, I started making some money, you know, fresh out of school. Here I am, relatively fit guy. Actually, I was a really, really fit guy. But I started applying that same discipline that I had in the gym and that same discipline I had on the rugby field into business. 
made me a successful business person. It was, it was fun. It was great. But next thing I know, I looked down and I'm 280 pounds. So I took it to an extreme. I definitely applied myself, but at the sacrifice of a lot of other things. Um, and I'm sort of paraphrasing here so that we can kind of get to the point. But for all intents and purposes, I lost focus. Focus was on business. Now, what was the most frustrating part about this entire thing was that I knew I had the ability to be fit. I knew that I had the ability to be healthy because I was before. So it was an additional blow to the gut because some people, they've always been kind of unhealthy and they know that. And then they just have a call to action that occurs when they get into business. And then something just happens where they just say, okay, something needs to change. And I'm not saying that that's not difficult and that's not hard, but the additional just mental blow that happens when you know that you have what it takes, but you have completely sacrificed all willpower in order to go a different direction is the most frustrating emotional turmoil I'd ever been through. So the lack, uh, really the lack of willpower or just the reapplication of it is what kind of shifted things for me. Uh, to make matters really simple, I, after I'd been in the executive recruitment world, I got into an ancillary lab services company. So I was a VP of sales for a fairly large ancillary lab services company. So we provided like salivary cortisol testing and things like that to what are called concierge physicians. So concierge physicians are physicians that are working with patients in a uh, in a fee-for-service model. So you have the typical reimbursement model where a doctor sees a patient, patient ends up getting sick, doctor more than likely uh, follows a specific ICD-9 or ICD-10 classification code, says, okay, you have X diagnosis, let's give you X treatment, which is usually a drug, right? Well, problem is a lot of those doctors are usually working with patients based on the reimbursement system. How can they get maximum reimbursement for said patient? How can I give said patient XYZ diagnosis so that I get the maximum reimbursement? Doctors are in business too. You can't fault them for that. The hard part is the patient's the one that suffers. So in the concierge world, you're working with patients that are paying these physicians cash. And these are affluent patients that are paying physicians $10,000, $15,000 a month to have them on retainer. So these, my point in saying this is the doctors that I was working with were doctors that really gave a damn about working for their patients and getting a result because if they didn't get a result, they would get fired. They wouldn't get paid. It wasn't like where reimbursement insurance just pays them out no matter what. My point in saying all of that is I worked closely with these doctors and they noticed that I was making changes to my life and I was trying to get healthy. They noticed that I was overweight. And one of the things that just kept coming up was inflammation. These doctors were, I like to think at the forefront of a lot of just modern day, uh, I should say medical advances. I shouldn't say medicine because medicine's behind, but medical advances. So they taught me a lot of these things. They taught me about inflammation. That's how I got in the world of keto. That's how I got in the world of fasting. Uh, we can cut to that in a little bit. But point is, is, you know, a little over a year later, I lost 100 pounds and then said, okay, well, I want to take this a little bit further. I want to be on the covers of magazines because it's something I've always wanted since I was in middle school. And uh, just a few months later, I was. So I was on the cover of my first magazine and then uh, that kind of took off from there. And then I realized at that point, I don't want to be in the healthcare world anymore. Like this is healthcare is not healthcare. Healthcare is sick care. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's super true. I said, I have the business acumen. I have the story. I'm just going to launch a platform and do it myself. And I'm going to speak to people. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then so be it. But, you know, I'm going to have a little faith and let's rock and roll. And here I am, you know, just a couple of years later, it didn't take long for the, the channel to blow up. And, you know, it's, uh, it's been an interesting ride. Isn't it interesting how things line up that everything prepares you for the very next thing? Totally. 
Like you couldn't have been here had you not gone through there. Like, and even how you were lined up with these specific doctors that allowed you to be exposed to some new knowledge that kind of, it sounds like may have been one of the final clicks in the, in the mechanism to kind of unlock the next stage. It was definitely the case. And I want to say this without sounding underhanded to some of these amazing physicians, but I think what I learned was that doctors aren't necessarily as smart as we always think they are. And they're just learning the research just like everybody else is. And I realized that I had a chance to mentor or be mentored by some of the amazing physicians that I worked with. But some of the things that these guys taught me and gals is that everything is always changing. And what you learn in medical school isn't what you typically apply in daily practice. You're learning and if you're not growing and evolving. So they kind of gave me the leapfrog approach. I said, Thomas, you didn't go to medical school, but who cares? Like you can still help people. You don't practice medicine. No, I'm kind of glad I don't, but you can learn the ropes on how to talk to these people and how to teach them the right way. So if it wasn't for just a couple pivotal moments in time, like with in that career, there's no way I'd be doing what I'm doing right now. It's just, it, it's teed me up. It's gave me the platform. It's given me the foundation, but I don't know if that platform and that foundation would have resonated with me as much if I didn't have my own personal transformation with it. And it, yeah, you're dead on. It's just, life is just, I mean, it's just pulling you along exactly how it's supposed to. Well, that's, it's interesting. We, maybe we'll come back to that a little bit later on, but it's one of the, it's one of the reoccurring themes here inside of this podcast is just the, the, uh, the fact that there's always a signal that's signaling us to come a direction. And that signal always wins in the long run. It, it's it, it, that, and I'd, I'd characterize it as God's will is God's pulling us towards something. And it's just really a question of whether we listen and whether we may, you know, you all, each one of those inflection points, you had a choice either to go the other direction or status quo. You had agency, you could have cho- chosen just to keep doing what you're doing, but you heard something and you, you took hold of that catalyst. And that moment you mentioned a minute ago, which was, Hey, I, I can do this myself. Let me just launch a platform with my story. That was a, <clears throat> that was a big decision, yeah. but it was a, it was a turn, right? And, uh, and look what's happened. I mean, 1.4 million and climbing subscribers on, uh, on YouTube. I've been able to observe, even just witness that in the last six months, just how much your message is resonating with people. And I think that it's, um, you know, coach, you brought so much um, clarity in, in what is such a confusing place uh, and I think your consistency, in fact, I not even think, I know that your consistency of broadcast in your message and the, uh, the lessons you're putting out there is what allows people to trust you and like go, this guy's always there. He's got, he's got always bringing insights and value and it just has continued. And, and it's, and it's something that so many people have so much confusion about. Um, and there's so much activity that is almost seeking to confuse it, to make it more difficult to understand. So you have to spend more money and buy the latest fad or this, that, and the other to try to figure it out. But, um, but you've been kind of like one of these, like kind of a punch of clarity in that space. And so I know that's why one of the many reasons that, that so many people are kind of resonating with your message. Um, but one of the things that you, you talked about being exposed to new things, one of the things that you brought to my um, my world was this topic of inflammation. Like I never, I always thought about in terms of like losing body fat. Like I just want to lose some body fat. I want to get, you know, below whatever percentage body fat. And I never even realized there was this thing of inflammation. And that was one of the things you introduced me to. And then when we first started working together, working out or working together, you know, I was feeling pretty good. I had lost about 25 pounds 
um, on my own over a period of about a year and a half. And then when we worked, started working together, all of a sudden, I'm in this regimen of anti-inflammation. And all of a sudden, I mean, literally like 12 pounds dropped off of me in like 14 days. It was incredible. I was like, what the, he- what the hell is happening, coach? And you're like, just trust the process. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so can you, can you give us like a wide kind of an overall frame of the, you know, what inflammation is? Because I, I see, I know that that was one of the things that I was carrying around with myself for so many years. And I see it every day with um, especially business people, sales guys, on the road, not getting sleep, bad decisions with diet, having the drink on the airplane, like all these things that I've come to learn are things that enhance inflammation. Can you just give like the, if you didn't know anything about inflammation, can you, can you give the listener some, some idea about what that whole topic is about? Yeah, totally. I've got two concrete examples that I usually give. The first one is one that's a little bit more obvious. If you, if you bump your elbow or you bump your knee like really hard, it's going to get swollen and it's going to get red, right? That is inflammation. That's inflammation happening at its very finest. So that's inflammation where it's called an acute form of inflammation. Inflammation is going to go to that source. It's going to deliver a bunch of white blood cells to a specific area and cause inflammation. Okay, acute inflammation is something we encounter every single day. But then we have chronic inflammation, which is inflammation that's occurring in the same fashion, but inside our bodies in a non-visible form. And it's happening at the cellular level. And it's impeding neurotransmission. It's impeding all kinds of things that need to happen, very important things, signal transduction, all kinds of uh, stimulus, what we also call action potential, like the ability of a nerve to go ahead and actually send a signal down, down through, it, through itself to actually make something. So then the other example that I want to give with inflammation is one that might resonate with some other people. When you have a cold, sure, you feel stuffy and you feel clogged up. But Brian, I'll ask you this, like when you have a cold, you feel like you can't think really clear, right? I mean, if you were to erase all the other symptoms, if you were to erase the stuffy nose, the scratchy throat, all that, your brain isn't feeling right, right? You don't feel like you're thinking your best. That's because you literally do have inflammation in your brain. That's like the most concrete, systemic example of inflammation that I can explain. So it is a chronic brain fog that's there. Now, that's a perfect example of just cognitive inflammation. So imagine that happening all the time you're just going to adapt to it. And you don't realize that there is another life. You don't realize there is something else there because you're just feeling this fogginess all the time. So when you're, right. <clears throat> excuse me, when you're sick, you feel that. Now imagine it happening with your internal organs as well. Imagine it happening, you know, with liver inflammation, imagine it happening with um, inside the mitochondria, you have inflammation where you're actually trying to create energy. So that's the simplest way to explain it. And I mean, we're really finding now that inflammation is the root of pretty much any chronic disease that's out there. I mean, diabetes, obesity, even some forms of heart disease, atherosclerosis, it's all inflammation. And it's just manifesting through things that we eventually find on the surface. And then again, we treat them on the surface. We treat the issues on the surface with medication or with some moderate lifestyle changes, like get out and exercise. And those are all great. But when we're not actually treating inflammation at the root, we're never getting to the root problem. Yeah. And I, and that exactly. And it's just, I think that people just don't know, like they just don't know. Like, and, and what I experienced was that whenever we start working together and we attack this root problem that I didn't even know was there immediately, like, you know, 12 pounds gone, like, and, and I, and in that first stage, if you remember, we, I was doing some pretty heavy duty workouts and actually I lost weight and my performance on these workouts actually increased. Like I actually started doing better, like personal best on everything. And it, it's, there's this 
thing that like people don't realize you don't realize that you're carrying around this this deficit yeah. so you're you're operating at like you know who knows like maybe 50% um because the other 50% is trying to handle this inflammation or these inflammatory inflammatory um things that are going on in your body not the least of which is in your brain and so I think the, the hopeful piece of that is that if you're listening to this and you've never thought about any kind of inflammation or what that might, where you might be on that spectrum, there's a good chance that right now there's like available power that's you know, available to you today with some changes. And, and, and again, I, I would encourage you to check out uh, Coach Thomas's uh, YouTube channel for a total wealth of information. But in terms of when you start thinking about inflammation, um, what are some simple things that people should start thinking about or considering when it comes to a their inflammatory state? Like, w- what might they feel, or if, what might they look to to go? Am I in an inflammatory state? And then b like, if so, what are some simple things? Obviously, there's very tactical and customized things for different people. But what are some simple things people should consider? Yeah. Well, first of all, identifying inflammation is one of the hardest things. Because you don't know what you don't know. That's what's hard. So until the absence of inflammation, you just assume that you're not inflamed. But we, don't, we, can't, we can't feel it. We don't know what's going on. So it's really difficult. So usually what I recommend or what I say is, okay, do you feel if you were to go out and go for just a couple mile jog, aside from being exhausted and you know, if you don't run much, when you come back, do you feel clearer? Okay. Well, that's how you should be feeling all the time. That's, that's just plain and simple. That's the simplest way that I can explain it. Um, but telltale ways to know that you have you know, inflammation. I mean, if you're just combating, if you're aware of the brain fog, if you are aware of the brain fog and even the slightest bit, then you definitely have inflammation because inflammation is going to be something where normally you're not even aware of it because it's just happening. But if you're aware of it, then you have it to a degree where something definitely needs to be done. Um, the other thing is not recovering the right way. You see, inflammation is a recovery system, but at the same time, it also impedes recovery. So rec- it's there to stimulate recovery. Like if you work out in a really difficult fashion and you train hard, your body's going to stimulate inflammation to recover. But that it's part, we have what are called cytokines, which trigger inflammation to start, and then different cytokines which trigger inflammation to end. Well, a lot of times we are lacking the ability to turn off the inflammation. So it's like you, you work out and you just remain sore. You remain stiff. You're just not recovering. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't recover like I used to. You know, uh, when I was 25, I used to recover. Now I'm 40. I don't recover anymore. Some of it is age, but a lot of it is a much more just cumulative buildup of inflammation. So sure, is that age? Yes. But if you make the lifestyle changes, then you can recover like you were 25 because it's the inflammation that affects our telomeres. It's the inflammation that affects everything that ultimately makes us shorten our lives. So if you want to, uh, let's just go ahead and cut to the chase on what some of the things that you can do are. Um, I usually recommend first and foremost, it's a difficult one for a lot of people, but if you can just take the plunge and cut out gluten for two weeks, just, and, and trust me, I know some people are probably turning off the broadcast right now because they're just like, no, I don't want to hear it. But let me tell you something two weeks of cutting out gluten. And there's a lot of other options now. Like the, that's the great thing. This, this, this health kick that everyone's really on right now has created the advent of a lot of great products. So I, you can live without gluten with no problem whatsoever. The biggest struggle people have is kicking certain beers, but you'll be fine. You will notice such an immense difference. And the reason is that because of the constant manufacturing of wheat, like we consume so much wheat, 
we've developed resistance to it. So even if you don't have a celiac issue, you will have an inflammatory response to wheat because we consume so much of it, the body starts to see it as an invader. So it's the most common IgG, IgE response in the body, which means basically your immune system is overreacting to that. So that's the first thing I have people do if they, if they can't do anything else. I'm like, just make one commitment to me. Just cut out gluten for two weeks. And then they usually see a 20% delta and how they feel right there. They're just like, wow, that was amazing. I'm like, okay, cool. Or you know, a fifth of the way there. Let's go ahead and you know, make some other changes. You know, The next thing that you can do and again, I don't want to sound like a zealot here, but the ketogenic diet is probably the most anti-inflammatory protocol that you could possibly follow. And people that watch my channel that don't know my story, they probably just think I'm a, a keto zealot. But the reality is I didn't start by doing keto. I started by reducing inflammation, by watching uh, what I was eating with certain foods. And then it was highly regarded doctors that told me, Thomas, to take the next step, you really need to go keto because it's anti-inflammatory. And this was way before the keto fad or trend, whatever you want to call it, right? I've been doing that for a long time. And that's probably the quickest way that you can actually combat inflammation. Now, I will say that within one week of just getting rid of the carbohydrates, whether you go full keto or not, but just getting rid of the carbohydrates, the inflammation cuts down immensely. Now, that's not always practical for everybody. So I'm not going to force everyone to go keto. So some other things that you can do are... Uh, usually trying to pull foods away and go back to as bare minimum of a diet as you can, and then reintroducing foods as you go. So a simple example would be take a few days and go back to a very clean, very bland diet, and then introduce foods and see how you feel. Because if you just let yourself reset for a couple of days, you'll notice, wow, I didn't eat almonds for three days. And now all of a sudden I had a couple almonds and like I'm retaining water. I feel puffy. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you're just going to be realizing that you have these sensitivities to these foods. And that really is an immune response. So although there's a multiple clear cut ways to reduce inflammation, I'm trying to give the most concrete ways that are get the most dramatic effect. Um, lastly, implementing a little bit of high intensity interval training. There's a reason why when you first start an intense exercise regime, a lot of times you notice a stark difference in your body immediately. It's because that process does kickstart those inflammatory cytokines, those pro-inflammatory cytokines, and the other cytokines that turn inflammation off. So it kickstarts that process. So if you've ever noticed right when you're like, okay, I'm going to go do a HIIT style workout where I do some high intensity activity. It's like the next day you wake up and you look noticeably leaner. It's not that you're noticeably leaner. It's that you've started to flush out the inflammation. So um, if I can be blunt, one of the things that I like to say is do hard shit, do shit that sucks. Yeah. And I say that because when you do things that suck, do things like high intensity interval training that is hard or taking cold showers and doing things that are difficult that kick you into that sympathetic nervous system, that kickstarts the flush of, of inflammation. And it sounds crazy. It sounds woo woo, but there's documentation on that. So that's why I do things that suck. Get in that cold shower because it sucks. And the mental frame that I have to put my mind in, and we can expand on how that translates into way other aspects of life too. But there is a neurochemical and a biological response that happens when you do that. Um, so there's a few things. Yeah, that's that's great, Coach. And I can I can I can acknowledge that these are all of these are components. This uh, you know no gluten dropping into a keto framework for for diet. Um, and rebaselining the diet, and then also doing high intensity uh, training, which is all things that we did in our first kind of six weeks together. I mean, like I said, I was getting personal best on all of my workouts, and I was able to do them consecutively without getting. I mean, I was my recovery was like nothing I've seen in years. I just was not feeling that soreness, and I was just like was just amazed. Um, 
and again, it was just the elimination of this weight that I, that I was carrying, um, that I didn't even know about. And, and that's, again, as you're listening to this, there's a good chance you're in that same place. There's a good chance that if you're wherever you're at, you're in that same place. And certainly if you're a sales guy that's on the road and you're not getting sleep and you're you know, having the beer at the, the bar with the customer and you're having the extra set of fries at the, at, the, uh, at the bar and then trying to grab a snack on the way to the airplane, all that stuff, I totally get it. That's where I was. And, and it's just kind of that world. But it comes back to this last part that you just, you just alluded to, Coach, which is doing things that suck in the mental frame. <clears throat> One of the things that talk about on this podcast is the warrior's way of living. And, and part of that is the subjugation of the body and basically saying, I am not going to let my body control me. I'm going to control it. Just like I'm going to put it into the cold shower. I'm going to make it eat this or that or not eat these things. But it's that mental frame that absolutely, if you can do that first with yourself in the morning, especially, and you can set the frame on yourself with, with your commitment to get the workout and your commitment to get the nutrition or supplements or whatever it might be. And that frame carries through the rest of the day and day after day after day, this carries through. Can you talk a little bit about like that mental frame and how that goes from, yes, doing the, making the hard choices or maybe what ultimately changed to not being hard choices because they're not hard choices for me anymore. Yeah. Um, but, but how that mental frame of doing shit that sucks yeah. translates into other parts of your, of your life. Totally. I mean, the, the simplest explanation is it, it puts you in the zone, right? Like if you, if you flip the, if you flip the discipline switched on and you start, that discipline is going to reflect into other areas of your life, plain and simple. I do my best work in business when my diet is on point. And is it nutritionally related? Is it physiologically related? I'm sure. But I actually think that a lot of it is mental. I think a lot of it, when I'm in the zone, I'm in the zone in other areas. And that means that I'm giving it my all with my nutrition. I'm giving it my all with my business. I'm giving it all with my family at their respective times, not at the same time, because you can't freaking do that. Don't try to be everything at once because then you're just going to self-destruct. You can't, you cannot, and I repeat, you cannot be 100% disciplined with your nutrition at the exact same time you're disciplined with your family, at the exact same time you're disciplined with your business. You live in the present and you be disciplined at that very freaking point in time, period. Nothing else matters. That's it. When I look at my wife in that nanosecond, I'm talking to her. That's it, period. When I'm on this podcast, I'm here right now. I'm not thinking about my nutrition. I'm not thinking about how I'm 100% disciplined with my nutrition. When it comes time to open the fridge, then I'm there. And that discipline is the same discipline that allows you to remain present. It takes discipline to remain present. So that alone is going to be a big thing. And doing things that suck become actually quite easy. The hard part is bringing yourself to the present to do it right then and there. And the act of being in the cold shower is not that hard. It's getting in the shower that's hard. And the act of having something healthy to eat is not that hard. If, if you had just a chef that could just plop anything in front of you at any point in time at the snap of a finger, I think a lot of people would probably choose the healthy option. That's what I do like about humanity. I think if given the option, they would, but it's difficult. It's more difficult and it requires being present because you're, you're usually thinking about the future and where you have to be and you have to get somewhere and you have to do something and it stresses you out. So then you whip up something quick and you whip up something that you shouldn't whip up because you're thinking 15 minutes ahead, 15 miles ahead when you should be there. So discipline is all about being present. And the Dalai Lama talks about this actually in you know, the art of happiness in a lot of his books. I mean, it's plain and simple. Like, does it bring you pleasure or does it bring you joy? There's a pretty solid difference. <laughs> and I started realizing, you know, through my own transformation that there were a lot of things that were bringing me pleasure, but those things that were bringing me pleasure were not bringing me joy. 
And I also don't try to seek happiness. I try to seek joy because happiness and pleasure are circumstantial. I could, you know, have someone PayPal me $25,000 right now and I might be happy for a few minutes, but I'm not happy, right? Like it's just, and, and I'm speaking that language because the business people that are listening to this podcast or watching this, they can relate, right? You get hooked on the number, you get hooked on the go and it becomes an addiction and you become, you see pleasure and then it commandeers your life and your discipline is gone because you just, you're seeking pleasure. You're no better than a drug addict at that point. And it's, it's, and that sounds bad to say you're no better than a drug addict because I know people that have gone down that path. I'm not saying that those people are bad, but the point is, is that you are making choices that are no different. So it's a sedation. It's, exactly. It's a, and we, we all, it's get, a sedation. we all get there. Anyone that is quote unquote successful from a financial standpoint has been there. Um, but then everyone reaches a point where they have to, so I'm digressing a bit, but the point is, is that that discipline is, is very powerful. And there's something that someone said to me that is very that was very powerful and sticks with me. I said, Thomas, you're such a driven person, but I want you to stop being driven and I want you to drive yourself. And I was like, wow, okay, that sit, that sunk in. And that was, that, that was just, Thomas, you need to be, you need to drive yourself. You need to get in the, the driver's seat and drive and drive where you want to go. Right now, you are very driven, but you're being driven. Stop getting in the Uber and get in the driver's seat. And that's the end of part one of two interviews with Coach Thomas DeLauer. Tune in tomorrow as we talk about the power of giving, doing you, flying helicopters, and how to visit the future and bring it back. Thank you so much for listening. This is Brian Q. Davis signing off from the Sales Warrior Podcast. More to come.